of the Hoffcast. Yeah, we're coming at you live. This is episode 36 for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th- <laughs> I'm an idiot. Monday, March 11th, 2019. And I want to start out this podcast by celebrating myself a little bit. I'm going to spike the ball in the end zone, so to speak. Uh, If you'll reference back, please uh, flip back in your textbooks to episode 32 of the Hoffcast, um, where I had Neil Anderson on the program. And during that segment of Hoff Recommends, we talked about our favorite movies of the year. And I had seen one that he hadn't seen that I really liked, and he had seen one that I hadn't seen that he really liked. And we both gave the Hoff Recommends stamp of approval to these two films. And uh, and then the Oscars came a couple weeks later, and boom, validation. And I know the Oscars isn't the be-all, but, you know, it's pretty pretty good for picking movies for a couple of idiots and uh boom my recommendation the green book um excellent movie feel good movie of the year and uh lo and behold wins best picture at the oscars there you go that's no small feat and then neil recommended uh spider-man into the spider-verse which i had not seen he took his kid to it loved it uh and it's coming out i think on video here in the next week or so i'm gonna get that and get the kids together pop some popcorn and watch it but i gave it my blind hoff recommends uh because i know neil and i and we share similar taste and lo and behold the spider-verse wins best animated feature of the year so what do you like about that two for two on the hoff recommends so those of you that are naysaying those of you that say hoff doesn't know what the hell he's talking about well please listen again to episode 32 where i mostly don't know what i'm talking about but those two things i called perfectly uh so i'm pretty excited about that so in honor of that aces hoff recommends i am going to come out of the gate with this week's hoff recommends don't think twice Take his advice. This is Half Recommends. There you go. There was the theme song. And uh, here's what I'm going to recommend. Kind of a no-brainer, but I think it gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. People don't think about it. They don't realize it. And I'm going to say it. Yeah, get a library card. This is something... I've lived in Los Angeles now for 13 years and never... Did I ever sign up for a library card, even though there are 1,200 libraries here in this town? And I always kind of thought, you know, what's the big deal? I, <laughs> I read two books a year. I don't need any of that. And then the kids were like wanting to do something new. And I was just like, you know what? I saw this library down the street. Let's just go there. Check it out. Maybe we can pick them up a couple of fun books. Baby Neil, he's obsessed right now with wolves. So maybe we can find something there for him. Maybe a little Peter and the Wolf action. Um and Indiana, I remember he loved uh, finding Waldo over the Christmas uh, break. So my parents had a couple Waldo books. You remember those? Those Where's Waldo books where you kind of just went through and look for that goofy little guy in red and white? And uh, lo and behold, the what? I keep saying lo and behold. This is the lo and behold episode. <laughs> lo and behold. Like I'm in the 1800s or something. Um 
well, anyway, they had a bunch of them. They had them in Spanish. They had them in English. So we picked up a couple of those, and that kept him quiet while we were in the car driving around uh, for the last couple of weeks because he just searched for Waldo. But then, of course, he wants me to find Waldo. And uh, they were a little easier than I remember. I, I remember looking for what seemed like hours. Maybe my attention span was worse, or maybe I just kind of can see through the BS of that of that uh, corporate culture there at Waldo, Inc., and I can figure it out. I can find him. I can find his his <laughs> switching accents. I'm now Australian. I can find his uh, pull opposite there. Oddlaw can find that guy. I can find the wizard. He's not too hard. That dog. That dog. He's kind of hard to find. I must say. Sometimes only the tail's sticking out. So it's a little bit now. I don't. I'm switching into Cockney accent. Uh, you know what? Instead of dissenting myself and saying, "Boy, you can't stick with an accent," I'm just going to say, "You know how many accents I can do?" Just s- seamlessly transitioning from from Cockney to uh, to Australian to British. I can do it all. Governor, <laughs> lo and behold, I can do all the accents. Um, so I, anyway, I recommend getting a library card if you don't have one, especially if you live in a big metropolitan area, even if you don't, because there are all kinds of things. They have all these movies you can find and, um, you know, books on tape you can get, and that just kills time when you're not busy listening to the Hoffcast and binging my catalog, uh, which is still, by the way, on uh, Spotify, Pandora. If you guys don't have a Nick Hoff comedy Pandora station or Spotify station, press pause on this bad boy right now and go do that. It helps me out. And it's free for you, and you get to listen to comedy and and comedy kind of similar to mine. And every time you hear one of my tracks, especially that first one, go ahead and give it a thumbs up so Spotify and and Pandora know, booyah, you like listening to old Hoffbagger. Um, But I got a library card, and we were able to check out all these things, which I knew you could do that. So that's not a big revelation. Yes, I get it. You guys are unimpressed so far. But there's also an app called Hoopla, which I was able to get on my Fire Stick, able to get on my phone, where you can stream movies, you can stream uh, audiobooks, you can stream music, and you can do like 15 things a month or something on there with every library card. Uh, and, and they've got decent movies on there. Like, they got a lot of crap, but so does Netflix. So does Hulu. It's got a lot of crap, but it has some decent stuff. And nothing like brand new, really, did I see on there. But a lot of things you look back, you go, yeah, I've never saw that. I'd like to take a gander at that one and, and some cool documentaries, things like that. So, And it's free. That's free. Plus, a couple months ago, we were having a hard time. Usually, we sign up for... Um, Usually my parents get us and the kids some sort of uh, subscription here in Los Angeles, like whether it's like we've had the aquarium or we've had um, they've given us a membership to um, the Natural History Museum. Things, you know, that enrich us and things we can do with our kids here in Los Angeles. And they've always been really cool to get that for us. And this year we were trying to figure it out and we finally landed on one. But I found out that with a library card, you can visit most of those attractions um, that we were thinking about getting a membership at least once a year for free. So, uh, you know, and I don't know, probably not every library in the country has those reciprocating programs, but I bet a lot of them do, especially in the bigger markets. Um, So it's worth checking out because we got this whole list of like 20 things that normally you have to pay for. Normally you'd have to get a membership to do. 
And they're like, no, you just have to enter in your library card. Yeah, there are a couple blackout dates, but who gives a damn? Like, it's free. So find the time. Go do that with your kids. I recommend getting a library card. Boom. There's my hard-hitting Hoff recommends for uh, this week. Lots going on this um, these last few weeks since I've come out with an episode. Uh, Stormy Daniels, the former... Uh, prostitute and uh porn star famed by not only porn but by uh her relationship with president trump um is now stepping into stand-up comedy i saw she's going to be doing a show and (laughs) people were up in arms a lot of comics were up in arms because she's like i'm announcing my i don't even know if that's how she sounds i'm announcing my comedy tour i'm going on a comedy tour and she announced she was doing a show at uh, this comedy club in Houston, and comics were up in arms. Comics were pissed off. They're like, really? I work hard at this, and she, you know, blows the president, and all of a sudden she gets to headline a comedy club. Well, first of all, her comedy tour is one show at one comedy club. As of right now, it's one show at one comedy club on a Wednesday. So uh, a typically dark night or something that they're doing, uh, you know, some other kind of show. A lot of times it's like YouTube sensations. It's not it's not stand up comedy. So, you know, I really don't give a damn about that. Like, it really doesn't bother me, except for the fact that I know what the comedy club is doing is they're focusing all all of their efforts on the short money. That's what happens when they have these celebrities who are going to take a dip into stand-up comedy. It takes a long time to become a competent headliner, uh, regardless of who you are. It, even if you are a celebrity, it still takes a long time to be able to get those laughs per minute. And uh, a lot of comedy clubs have those shows, have those people in as special events. You know who I'm talking about. The former child stars and, uh, you know, celebrities that have had a little bit of a lull. So they think, oh, I could do I could do comedy. I could I, I sell tickets because people see my face. So they know who I am. And then they go out there and they get booked on weekends a lot of time. And unfortunately, it's just the comedy club focusing on the short money. They don't see the long term. First of all, they're going to have to pay that person probably most of the door, which is what guys can do when they can sell tickets. So just like any comedian or or porn star or YouTube star, uh, if you can sell tickets, you're going to get a bigger portion of that door. This is why I need you guys to tell everyone you know about me <laughs> so that I can start to sell tickets. And I promise to bring it so you won't have to feel bad. You, you can give it your own recommendation. You know, if you want me to sing a theme song, so when you send the text to your friend, First, it comes up, you know, you know, Rachel recommends, Rachel recommends, go see Nick Hoff in concert, whatever you want. I'll do that for you, but uh, pit me out, you guys. I promise I won't let you down. Um, but anyway, these these comedy clubs, they're, they're, it's short-sighted because they say, let me do a cash grab. I'm going to get all these people in here on a Wednesday, and I'm going to sell drinks to all those people. I'm going to sell food to those people, and maybe they'll come back and see another show. No, that's the short-sighted of it is that those people are not going to come back and see another show because they're going to leave that saying, ooh, stand-up comedy, isn't that funny? (laughs) Well, stand-up comedy is very funny when it's done well, but when it's done on those special event nights, eh, not so much. So you're going to blow all your hard-earned money going to see one of those people where you could go see someone who's a relative unknown, and guess what? 
if a major comedy club in America has an unknown comic on there, they're going to be really funny because they've earned that on on merit alone, not just through TV credits, not through social media. They've earned it because they are hilarious. Um, so go check out those shows because those are the people that need them. Those are the people that need to sell tickets. Like even if they don't, a lot of times, even if you don't have a door deal in place, if you sell out a bunch of shows, any comedy club worth their salt will give that comic a little bit of a bonus. If it's like, oh, that person, you know, was able to put some butts in the seats despite the fact that he's not on TV. And yes, I'm talking about myself, you turkeys. Sorry, taking a sip of coffee there. Um, so unfortunately, it's just this short money and, and because they're not doing something that's comedy really it's not stand-up comedy it's like interesting stories and it can be cool but i think it's more meant that type of thing is more meant for a podcast you know like get that person on a podcast they probably got killer stories but it's not funny it's not worth putting at a comedy club because when a comedy club puts on those shows they're out of their core competency uh <laughs> i'm gonna talk like i'm uh the prophet or <laughs> on shark tank they're out of their core competency they're really not excelling in that matter okay so my advice is to get out, get out now. And unfortunately, comedy clubs, they they see this as an opportunity, but I really don't think it is. I think it hurts them overall. If they could just put a good product in there, then um, then I think everybody would be happier and people would trust comedy clubs more. They wouldn't say, nah, I went last, last spring and it kind of sucked. I saw Dustin Diamond and he blew. <laughs> Sorry, Dustin. I'm sure. Actually, I heard he's not that nice of a guy. Um, but it's th those types of people that comedy comedy is not their passion, and uh, and so they they give it a bad name. Now, somebody who I used to think that about that now I've changed my mind is Tom Green. And I know he started in comedy kind of before he did his Tom Green show back in the 90s, but I just worked with him in Tempe, and he actually cares about the craft, and he works hard at it, and he's very funny. So Tom Green, who I would have normally thrown into that category of a guy just taking advantage of his celebrity to do something that he's out of his element, um, him I, I would absolutely recommend. So uh, Stormy... Do your thing. It doesn't bother me that much. It it really bugs me more that uh, the club doesn't see to just put a great comedian in there on that Wednesday. There are great comedians that need that work. Um, and if you put them in there, you know, and if your club is known for having great comedy, like I want to give a shout out to Comedy Works in Denver, who practically works seven nights a week because their audience there knows they're putting on a good show. Um, they know whoever they're bringing in can bring it and bring the funny. They're not putting up a lot of those turdly acts that are just there because they can tweet and all of a sudden people stampede there because their social media is off the chain. They get there and, ah, it's not that funny. Um, so I, I like the clubs that are doing it well. And those clubs are excelling and and making money hand over fist, even though they have to pay these acts good money uh they're they're just killing it so there is a correct way to do this and it is a longer haul i understand that to build up a good reputation as a comedy club it's a longer haul but i think it's worth it and i want to work all those clubs <laughs> and i still need to work some of the clubs that don't do it right <laughs> um but uh yeah whatever I, I would not recommend going to see stormy i would not recommend going to see some people that you're like oh they do comedy yeah, probably not Probably they don't. 
And, and if you have any questions, ask me. Sometimes people, you know, send me a text or an email like, hey, have you heard of this person? Is this person any good? And I'll always be honest. I'll tell you, I don't want you to waste your money going to see some turkey that isn't worth his salt. So uh, hit me up and I will give you my Hoff recommendations, which, as evidenced earlier in this podcast, is ironclad. You can trust the Hoff recommends. Now, another thing that was happening uh, was LeBron James passed Michael Jordan in all-time points. And this, once again, sparked the debate. Who's the greatest of all time? Is LeBron catching Michael? Is Michael, you know, overrated? Um, and I guess here's the thing is we're never going to agree. Everybody's not never going to agree. There are people that grew up that didn't see Michael play. There are people that just saw Michael play. You know, I'm one of these people, by the way. I'm one of these people that grew up watching Michael play. And so in my heart, he's romanticized a little bit. Now, I recognize that. I might be a little bit skewed on that side. And they're two different positions. They LeBron uh, plays uh, forward and Michael played guard. So they're two totally different positions, two totally different times. The average score of today's NBA is like 115 points per team. And back when Michael was playing, it was like low 90s, high 80s. So you got like a 30-point swing in how many points are being scored because people were saying, well, LeBron did it with less shots. And uh, and people were saying, well, Michael did it in 100 less games. Well, it's a different time, okay? People are taking more shots. People are making more shots. Um, but the one thing I keep coming back to every time is Michael just had this winning mentality, okay? He just, and, and part of that is seen in the fact that he went to six NBA finals and won six NBA finals. And right now LeBron's been to nine NBA finals, but he's lost six of them. So he's one for three. Uh, he's batting, you know, 33% where Michael batted a hundred percent going in there. And when he went into major league baseball, he was nowhere near batting 100%. Uh, or I guess it'd be a thousand percent, but, um, yeah, Michael just had that like winning mentality. He just was a closer. And, you know, I've always said like at the beginning of a game right now, if you say either take Michael or take LeBron at the beginning of the game, maybe I take LeBron over the course of a game to get me from point A to point B for a victory. But if you've got a minute left on the game and you say take LeBron or Michael, I'm going to take Michael. Okay, because also back in the day, he was fouled a lot more and a lot harder, and he was a better free throw shooter. Okay, Michael was in the high 80s, low 90s free throw percentage in his career, and LeBron's like 72%. That's a huge problem when we're talking about possibly the greatest player of all time, yet you go to the charity stripe and you can't even make three out of four. Like, that's a huge thing for me. Like, get good at that. That's a general shooting. People say LeBron's got a higher shooting percentage. Well, yeah, but he's shooting from one foot away because he's huge and he's just getting his way to the basket. Whereas Michael had to like shimmy shake a guy and go ipsy dipsy and then shoot like a 13 footer for the victory. Okay. So uh, to me, it's still not really a question. LeBron is a great player, definitely top five. But when we're talking about those intangibles, those things that just make a person the greatest of all time, I don't see how you go past Michael Jordan. And they said Michael was a better defender. Okay, so you've got all these things. And then you say he had all these defensive titles, all these, you know, 
Ah, it just <laughs> they're they're sawing logs next door. Apparently, I don't know if you guys can hear that, uh, but this <laughs> saw just went off in my in my backswing, so to speak, and made me lose my train of thought. But anyway, my vote goes to Michael. A lot of you guys might disagree with me, but I gotta say, and, and it could be that partly I romanticize it. But when you go six for six in uh, the championship series and winning all those NBA titles and six NBA. Uh, finals MVPs. I mean, come on. That feels like the greatest of all time. Now, LeBron might play another five years and get five more titles. I don't know. I might be eating my words, but right now, that's where it stands with me. Anyway, that's my two cents on that. And now it is several days later since I started recording this. We're currently on Friday. And that's why at the beginning of this podcast, when I was you know, it, I guess it was appropriate when I was saying for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like I didn't really know what day of the week it was. And now it works out because uh, I have actually taken that long to finish this podcast. But in between, I have traveled to Canada currently in Calgary uh, doing six days worth of shows up here. So that I, <laughs> I'm up north for quite a while and the weather's not that bad. Like, I was a little worried about it March, and the guy, the owner of the club, when he picked me up from the airport, he was like, you're lucky you weren't here uh, two weeks ago because it was negative 40 degrees. And I was like, if it was negative 40 degrees when I landed at the Calgary airport, I would have stepped outside, turned right back around, and bought the first ticket back to civilization because negative 40 is ridiculous why would you live in a place that can get to negative 40 degrees how much do you have to hate yourself and i realize canada has very little choice on this like as far south as they can go is still very north like calgary is actually a southern city for the whole country so it's kind of like they're trapped up there. Like the, the border, even though there's no fence there, they're sort of trapped. Like if, uh, if, if America's like the refrigerator, they're the freezer. They're just stuck up there just to be frozen. And it must, it must suck. Like I, I like Canada and there's lots of cool things up here. But it must suck to just know that it doesn't matter. You can't, you can't bust through that. Like at least in the United States, you can live in a cold place. Or you can choose to live in a warm climate. You can go to Florida. You can go to Texas. You can go to Southern California. You can be warm. You you are not relegated. You, you know you you can live in any state you want unless you're on parole or something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Canada's just kind of like stuck up there. They got to go on holiday to get out of it. And negative forty. Come on, come on, Canada. Negative forty. I feel so bad. Like you you watch you walk around downtown Calgary is nice but there are some sketchy areas and last night I was I was on the hunt for candy after the show I had to go to like a little circle K to get some candy and they're hey watch out because that is circle crack uh area and yeah there's a lot of people wandering the streets that don't have places to go I'm like if it's negative 40 what are you doing what do you do? You just got to get on the on the train and just hope nobody bothers you <laughs> negative 40 Good God. Ugh. Ugh. So I'm happy I'm only here for six days. And it's like, it's like 38. That's doable. I can, I can handle that. You know, I'm not going to walk 10 miles in it, but you know, walking from here to the club, walking from the condo to the club or the condo to get some groceries or something. It's not that bad. Just throw on a coat. It's a little brisk. No big deal. Um, 
but it's Friday, so I'm halfway through the week. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. If you are in Calgary or you know anybody in Calgary, tell them to come out because last night's show was pretty packed, but Wednesday was brutal. Wednesday was not well attended at all. So if you know somebody in Calgary, if you live in Calgary and you're listening to this, uh, come on out. Uh, Still five chances to see me, and I'm working on new jokes so uh, that's exciting. Some of those are working. Some of them are not. <laughs> one that one that I think has promise, and I just I told it last night for the first time, and I think there's something to it. You know, there's I I've found myself increasingly getting uh, getting antagonistic and feeling a little bit of hatred toward all my friends that have not yet had kids, or they've like drawn a line in the sand. They're like, hey, we're just not going to have them. We're just going to be the single people. And a part of me is like, I get it. Like, good for you. <laughs> like, if you don't want kids, you shouldn't have them. But there's this other part of me that's like, screw you. Like, we were friends. You're, you're telling me now you're not going to join in my partial misery? Don't get me wrong. I love my kids. But there's a part of it that is horrifying. <laughs> and to have like really good friends that are like, you know what, we see your life and we're not going to do that. I'm like, you asshole. You, can't, you see me drowning? You're not even going to jump in? Like, I thought we had a deal. I thought we were all going to live similar lifestyles. And now you're telling, don't, don't post pictures of you going to Europe. I don't give a damn that you went to Thailand, you pile of garbage. Wipe an ass, would you? Why, why do we allow people in our society? Like, I get it. Not everybody should have kids. Not everybody can have kids. But if you can and your friends are all doing it, Come on, let the peer pressure dangle you in here because I don't want to go through this phase of life alone, okay? Like, yeah, I've got some friends that are doing it, but those people that aren't are really starting to irritate me (laughs) because we got three. We're drowning over here. And yet you are like, no, it's pretty good. We got, uh, you know, our savings is building up. We're going to have enough money to retire one day. And, uh, you know, I I don't think we're going to go on any of those two-week vacations this year. Maybe we'll just go to Hawaii. I'm like, oh, I want you dead. Like, how dare you wag that in my face? And um, <laughs> so I, I'm working on some of these jokes. As you can tell, it's a work in progress. But hopefully, hopefully by the end of the week, that will have some shape there that's not just coming across as bitter and hateful because I don't want to be that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm the I'm the comic that's that uh, makes you feel good. And so if I can tear my friends that don't have kids down uh, and still make everyone feel good, you know what? Because they're gonna hear that and they're gonna still feel good about their life. They're like, you're only confirming everything that I've ever thought about the reason to not have kids. And uh, yeah, I'm talking to you, Adam, Che. Yeah, I'm looking right at you, Big Daddy. Jump on board. I hope you have an oops, baby. <laughs> I kind of hope that for you. Um, <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever said sorry, not sorry. But um, I'll let you guys know how those jokes are progressing. And I kind of want to say 
now that I'm posting this on the uh, 15th of March, we have hit our one-year anniversary of the Hoffcast, and this is only episode 36, so I missed 16 weeks in there. And yes, eight of them were because I was making uh, shows for Sirius, and I just couldn't handle two at the same time, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back in. And now that I've figured out this uh, recorder and how to do it without blowing through batteries, I think we're going to be good. So uh, I'm going to be cranking these things out. So buckle up. There's plenty more Hofcast to come. Um, I might even do another one up here in Canada if I, get, if I feel spunky enough tomorrow or the next day. But for now, I'm going to go exercise. I <laughs> I feel like this is my therapy every week and I try and I set these goals for myself that are unobtainable. Although that one is obtainable, I can do it. Check in on me. Make sure you guys have to be my accountability partners. You got to send me a message and say, "Hey Hoff, how was the gym? Did you go? Why not? I'm going to stop listening if you're going to keep telling lies. Also, I'm not ever having kids. I hate you. I hate the podcast. Go to hell. I hope you freeze in Canada." These are all things I expect of you guys. <laughs> but um, that is going to be it for the Hoffcast this week. I hope you're having a fantastic one. And if you are in Canada, come see these shows. If you are in Tacoma, Washington or Seattle, Washington next week, I'm going to be there. Come to a Thursday or Sunday show, okay? Like, I'm going to be there all weekend, but Friday, Saturday, I'm featuring for Fortune Feimster. Those will be really fun shows. But she's got her own fan base I need you guys, you know, come through on Thursday and Sunday. So plan ahead, grab 15 or 16 buddies, say, hey, we got to go check this out. Hoff's doing all this new stuff. Come so that I can have fun on those days and it's not an abysmal, uh, <laughs> it's not an abysmal couple of shows. Um, and from there, I am going to be, let's see, first week of April. I'm in New Buffalo, Michigan with Cable Guy. And then Northfield, Ohio, again with Cable Guy. So that's like the 5th and 6th. And then on the 13th of April, I'm in Valdesta, Georgia with Cable Guy. And then the rest of April, I'm in uh, Los Angeles gathering steam for the summer tour, which still doesn't have a name, by the way. Last year's name was Too Many Butts. The Too Many Butts tour with my kids still lovingly yell at the top of their lungs when we're out in public. The Too Many Butts tour. And people look at us like we're insane. Um, but this one doesn't have a name yet. So if you can come up with one, maybe the I Hate Your Non-Existent Children tour, something. <laughs> if you guys come up with a snazzy name, um, I'd love all, all titles to be considered at this point before we have posters made up and all that stuff. But it looks like the tour is going to be uh, June and July of this year going through the Midwest. So keep your eye out for dates there and I'll be announcing them here as they come through. Um, oh, at Louisville, I had to move those dates. That was going to be in May, but I had to move them to July because uh, I picked up some additional shows with uh, Cable Guy in Grand Prairie, Texas and Clearwater, Florida. So if you're in those areas, that's great. If you're in Louisville, don't worry. I'm still coming. It's just going to be July now instead of May. So um, I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you again soon. That is a Hoff guarantee. You guys have a good one. Stay warm. My friends in Nebraska, don't flood. Uh, and if you do, you know, soak it up. I hope you're able to get through that. Go out, go kayaking. I saw some people were taking their boats out on the streets. So uh, I hope everybody's okay, and I will talk to you again soon. 